0: Hello horror fans and fiends. It's me, Cassandra. And Bubbles. And today we're talking about anthologies. What's an anthology, Brittany?
1: I got it this time. I'm not going to (laughs) mess up. It's like a collection of stories. So
0: buckle in, pop some popcorn, and let's get into it. Cue the music. (laughs) And we are back. That sounded so weird. Oh <laughs> I know. That sounds so weird. That did not mean to sound like it the way it did. We are back. And we are talking about anthologies today. So what do you think of anthologies when you hear about anthologies? There's Boy. just so many. There really are. And each generation kind of has their anthologies like for us it was the trick-or-treat probably for like our parents it's more like the original tales of the crypt or like jim my fiance his mom brought up the trilogy of terror with the um, zuni doll so i i just think of it as a huge collection of horror stories and normally that involves a the general wraparound story that kind of ties everything together but normally it's a collection of stories that are related to each other and have some kind of purpose like in trick-or-treat it's all about what to do and what not to do on halloween and for other ones it's about like tales from the crypt it was about people who made poor choices and he was trying to warn them but spoiler alert it wasn't that I feel like a lot
1: of a common theme in anthologies is getting just desserts. Like people do rotten things and they get they get that bad karma.
0: Yeah, like the kid, kids in uh, Trick or Treat, uh, that sticks with me a lot more now. Being uh, the mom of a special needs child, um, I definitely will talk more about that though. So we are going to get into it. We have a long list, so I'm going to go ahead and list off some of the movies that we are talking about. And that way, if you have not seen some of them, you are aware and you can stop this and come back once you have. Or if you don't mind the spoilers, that's okay, too. So we're going to be talking about Black Sabbath, Asylum, Vault of Terror. Horror. Vault of Horror. Sorry.
1: We made a boo-boo.
0: Yeah. I.
1: It's I, it's my fault. I'll take the blame. Take the
0: no, I, it's my fault. I, I'm not nearly cavity send caffeine please <laughs> um but tales from the crypt trilogy of terror creep show creep show 2 cat's eyes twilight zone 2 evil eyes tales from the dark side and then
1: tales from the hood body bags trick or treat the telling vhs vh vhs 2 all hallows eve 1 and 2 tales of halloween abc's of death 1 1- ABCs of Death, yeah, 1 and 2, Bad Candy, The Mortuary Collection, Holidays, XX.
0: That's a pretty long list, um, but I feel like this time of year is the perfect time of year to be talking about anthologies because a lot of anthologies do try to grasp towards Halloween, um, especially like the aforementioned Trick or Treat is all about Halloween. It is a Halloween staple in the horror community. So let's get into it, and we're going to go all the way back to the beginning. Do, do, do. All right, so in the beginning, there was people. I'm just kidding. In the beginning, um, uh, so we see some very early on anthologies, like in the 60s and 70s, um. There are some very effective ones. But you've seen some of them on the list that I have not seen. Like Black Sabbath, which came out in
1: 1963. And it had Boris Karloff as a vampire. So that really stuck out. Boris Karloff. And the w- Sorry. No. But okay. the one segment that stuck out the most to me was there was like this home health nurse. Mm-hmm. And she steals a ring off a corpse. And that corpse is like... I'm going to haunt
0: you, B. Just the way the corpse looks, it's like it sticks with you. I've not seen it. I need to go check it out. But Oops. anything with Boris Karloff, in my opinion, is like top tier. Like Boris Karloff was the goat. Oh, it was a ta- it was an Italian. Okay. Or. Um, of course it was. <laughs> and, and then we get Asylum.
1: Yeah, that one had Peter Cushing. Cushing. And that was, that one tied really nicely together.
0: Yeah, and then you have Vault of Horror.
1: Which is a, like um what is it called? Sequel to Tales from the Crypt. Yes. And they're both based on the EC Comics. Oh. So,
0: Tales from the Crypt. And this is not the John Kassir Tales from the Crypt. No, but I'm pretty sure it it came down from that. It came down from that, but... So this was my... When we researched this, this was my first time in a long time watching Tales from the Crypt, the original version. And one of the segments that's in Tales from the Crypt, the original, is one that was also brought in the 90s version, um, which was the Santa Claus. I think it's
1: called All Through the House, House. but I don't know if that's...
0: Um, All I can say is, poor choices, lady. Poor choices. Like, you... the thing that sticks with me is you're you're killing your husband on Christmas Eve when there just so happens to be a murderous Santa Claus coming around, and that person is also Joan Collins, and she's killing her husband on a white rug. Like what the hell, lady? Her whole furniture was white, right? Who thinks of that? <laughs> like, I'm a messy person. Like that would be ruined in two seconds, and you're gonna murder a whole person on that. Like poor choices, Joan. Poor choices. But, I mean, there were some very effective, creepy ones. Like the guy who died in the Pe- car with his mistress. Oh, yeah. And then Peter Cushing, he was in it. Yeah,
1: he was like an older, retired... What was he? He was like tricked into committing
0: suicide. suicide, yeah. And, I mean, there were just so many different elements. But you could see how effective it was. And then how it kind of lays the groundwork for the series. And the series just amped it up. But the original Tales from the Crypt, the movie, I mean, it's something that now, even in 2021, it's still very effective.
1: They really pushed it. There was a lot of blood in the first segment.
0: Yes. Yeah, there was. When um, she kills her husband, it's just like, gore, 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 gore. Um, So... But, you know, another one that I feel like um, kind of stuck in a lot of people's minds was Trilogy of Terror. And Trilogy of Terror, I mean, Karen Black, like, she did all the characters in that. Yeah, she went in. She went in hard. She delivered. (laughs) She she did deliver. (laughs) Um, Sorry for the uh, gratuitous um, reference. We're trying to be clean. Um, but she, I mean, she plays a different character in each segment, and they're all very effective. Um, like I said before, um the kind of seed that got sown in for Trilogy of Terror was my future mother-in-law talked about the Zuni doll, which I forgot how creepy that was. Like the lit I mean, it doesn't even talk, it just goes.
1: I feel like most people remember that movie for that specific segment. <laughs> it sticks yeah, with them.
0: Yeah, I I just can't get over that. Like, that segment is pretty hardcore. And then the one where you think she's the one being blackmailed, but then she isn't. That's just insane. Like, I... Watching that segment, you know, you think that she, as the teacher, is being blackmailed. But then you realize that she's the one that's been kind of manipulating things the whole entire time. Kind of like a black widow type thing. Yeah, very much so. The one that really kind of got me, I could kind of tell what was going on. But I didn't know it was going in that direction. Is when it's, she's playing the sister But you really find out it's dual personalities, Mm -hmm. and they're, like, really going in on each other. Like, the one is the opposite of the other, and you think that, oh, the sister is just, like, losing her shiz, and she does a voodoo doll. And then you find out she's doing it on herself.
1: Right. I feel like there's a lot of clues, though, pointing to that because they were never in the same room at the same time. So it made me think...
0: Yeah, I definitely, like, you could kind of see where that was going. The Zuni doll is probably the most effective out of both of them. I mean, they're all, for that being in the 70s, that is still such an effective trilogy. So underrated. I definitely think that it doesn't get as much respect as it deserves.
1: Karen Black was so fantastic in it.
0: Yeah. I love Karen Black. Um, But the Zuni doll, I mean, like, the fact, this is way before we had any kind of killer doll stuff. Like, I mean, there I think there were some maybe referenced around that time. But this is like the first maybe hitting hard, effective kind of one. And it's a, didn't she say it's a Zuni fetish doll? Yeah, it was like a warrior or yeah, something. Yeah, and the chain, it, it was a warrior and it had a chain. And if the chain came off, the spirit came into the, bo- the body of the Zuni fetish doll. And so, but, I mean, that just kind of does a lot for the space that it has. And then, spoiler alert, you think that, okay, she's fine because she put the Zuni doll in the oven and it's gone. But then you realize it went into her and now she's going after her mom. And you're like, whoa, plot twist. Her mom kind of deserved it. Her mom's an ass. That made me think of
1: Brighter Chucky, though. I didn't think about that. The oven scene, yes,
0: very much so. Um, so you know, seventies kind of wrapped wrapped it up, and then we get into the eighties. In the eighties, they had some some pretty solid ones. I mean, the biggest one, obviously, especially for the fact that it then spawned the show which is now currently on Shutter is Creepshow.
1: Right. And you had Stephen King and George Romero. And that's like a dynamic duo, man. And
0: you had a ton of people in there. Um, Spoiler alert. And random fact. uh, Do you know who plays the little boy in the wraparound story? Joe Hill. And I didn't know that until the other day. Yeah. Stephen King's son. And when you watch, if you get a chance to watch In Search of Darkness on Shudder, do, but Tom Atkins in that said that Stephen King came to him and was like, you're not really going to hit him, are you? And was very concerned about him, like, hitting his son. And he had to, like, reassure him multiple times, like, no, I promise it will be okay. Um, but he said it was just so funny, this, like, hardcore man. And then, you know, he was like, don't do this to my son. Um, but, you know, creep show. That's where we really start getting like the big wraparound stories. You know, the, the first story you see is the little kid with the dad who's kind of a jerk. And then you see the creeper and then you get into the stories. Um, what segment out of each one of those is, do you feel like is the, your favorite? It used to be
1: Father's Day for years and years and years because I love the special effects. But I just watched it the other day because I watch it every Halloween, like around Halloween mm-hmm. time. The freaking crate. And a lot of it is Adrienne Barbeau's character. She's so freaking annoying. And I love her for it. She really killed that role.
0: Yeah. Where's my cake? Isn't that what he says? Listen with the crate. <laughs> oh, no, for Father's Day, yeah. yeah. Where's my cake? Um, yeah, the crate one is my favorite. Fluffy, the design by Tom Savini. Um and like you said, Adrienne Barbeau, I love her anyways because she's in the fog. But that is such an effective scene.
1: Barbeau is just such an icon in horror.
0: She really is. And then you get her and Tommy Atkins, and you get so many faces in there. I mean, it's just... Stephen King as well. Stephen King, yes. He's the, you know... Jordy.
1: Jordy. Beryl, is
0: that how you say it? Yeah. Um, That scene creeps me out. It's so sad. It really is, and then it's just like, I, I, that's some intense. Like I've seen some body horror, but that's some intenseness. Like I just, oh.
1: And the way it ends is so sad.
0: I know. The I will say though the wraparound story when they when he finally gets revenge on the, um, the dad, I find that absolutely hilarious.
1: Right, and I like how it's all like a comic book, and you're yes. like looking inside of it and hearing all these stories. And they
0: kept that up with the second one. Mm-hmm. So, obviously, Creepshow was a success, so they came out with a second one, and I um, had a whole different set of stories. Um, my favorite out of Creepshow 2 has to be Chief Woodenhead. I just find that like the saddest story ever that here is this like mom and pop and they're trying to make it and you have these Native Americans who are you know who really restore the trust back into the wife you know she was just complaining about how they were and then they give them these jewels um as like a a down not I wouldn't say down payment but like a Kind of like a... Insurance. Insurance that they're going to pay. And then the um, the robbery happens. And they get killed. And it's like the chief's nephew, right? Yeah, it is. It's the chief's nephew. And he wants to make it big. And he wants to be, you know, a big shot. And that's when Chief Woodenhead, who was the wooden statue outside of their store, that the man... Bu- It was beloved by him and he would always take care of it. Even in the beginning of the scene, you see him painting it and he goes after him. I like
1: how he doesn't finish the war paint, but the chief finishes his war paint after he goes in.
0: Uh, The thing that was creepy for me is at the end when he's just when the chief comes to like find out what was going on. And he's got the um, the scalp just in his hands. That to me was like, okay, I'm done. I'm done.
1: His nephew was such a disgrace. It was
0: <gasps> horrible.
1: He deserved the worst.
0: Yeah. So but Tales for the I mean, that Tales for the Crypt. I am having a foggy brain day. Sorry. Um, Creep 2, you know, it definitely kept up to the vibe. Um, we're not gonna talk about Creep Show 3.
1: Doesn't exist to me.
0: <laughs> like Nancy. You don't exist to me. You're nothing you're nothing. um but yeah I I love Creepshow and I love that they have um kept it going with Shudder and the newer episodes kind of take you know the same ideas from back then and kind of propel them now and they've done so much with them so I'm so glad that it's gained such notoriety because it it has so many good effects. And the fact that it's George Romero and Stephen King together, I mean, that in itself is just chef's kiss. So, Cat Eyes. I haven't watched Cat Eyes. But you have. Yeah. What would you say about Cat Eyes? I
1: feel like the most memorable segment, and everyone remembers it for this, is... The last one where there's this like a little troll is a troll yeah tormenting Drew Barrymore her character and there's a cat that's protecting her but her mom and dad think like the cat's terrorizing her and like trying to steal her breath but there's like this little troll coming into her room every night and the cat finally fucks it up.
0: Go cats. Right. Our cat spokesman is in here right now. Baby would you fuck up a troll for me? he agrees he would do it um twilight zone what to say about the twilight zone i mean twilight zone in itself is iconic
1: right as an anthology as
0: an anthology it's even better that's what i would have to say so i mean that rounds out the 80s and then we go into the 90s with some some so we're going to circle back to the 80s because I forgot about a couple of segments that Brittany r- reminded me of. And one of those being The Raft, which is your favorite segment of Creepshow 2.
1: It's really, like, ominous, I guess. And it's very effective, but it's still very simple at the same time.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I I mean, that's just, that's horrifying in itself, being stuck in a lake and having this thing that if you move off a certain part, it's going to come and get you. Right. And the guy thinks he's
1: escaped at the end and he, like, gets mauled.
0: Yeah. No. Um. What are some ones from Twilight Zone that stick out for you?
1: The one, I think there's a boy named Anthony and he has, like, these powers And his teacher comes, or his teacher comes to his home and she sees all that. And there's like this one part with this giant creepy ass rabbit. That one really stuck with me. And then the one where the man's in the airplane and he sees a gremlin outside his window and he's just like losing his mind.
0: I have not watched Twilight Zone in a while, so I would definitely have to go because I completely forget about that. Um... And which one had the segment with Drew Barrymore? Cat's Eye. Cat's Eye. Okay. Because that's the one I see a lot of people, like, on YouTube and stuff, that the cat is the protector. and
1: Yeah, the cat's uh, throughout the whole thing, and so is Drew Barrymore as, like, different characters, but the one she's in the most is the last segment.
0: Again, Baby would protect us. He's just conserving his energy right now. So... Now we are going into the 90s, which had a lot because you you saw a lot from different anthologies. And one that really, um, for me, has kind of stuck out, and especially since I rewatched it for this episode, was Tales from the Hood. Um, which Clarence Williams III, he recently passed away this year, which is absolutely just sad because he was so good in that movie um he is the reason why that spawned two more sequels i mean it is an effective trilogy in itself but his performance is so solid and everything that i just like it's so sad to think that he's gone um but he, we i will forever remember him as Uh, his character in um, Tales from the Hood. Have you seen Tales from the Hood? A long time ago. Okay. So one, as we know, and I'm not even trying to make this political um, because we are an every man's channel, but um, the thing I think that makes Tales from the Hood so effective, even now, is after everything that happened over the summer with, um, with the pandemic in the last two years with, Gun violence and racial injustice. Watching that with all of that having gone on, it's still so effective. The three, the wraparound story is the three, there are three characters um, that are obviously involved in drugs and they're going into this um, funeral home trying to, you know, get the drugs, intimidate this guy. And in the stories, each of them are about different concepts. So like the first one is about a rookie um, African-American police officer who witnesses other police officers basically beating to death and then killing this prominent figure who is against corrupt cops. And then a year later, the spirit calls to him and asks him to bring him back. And, um, It kind of begs the question of, you know, not being a bystander. And then the other one is about um, this really awful senator, awful human being who um, is trying to get reelected. And he basically gets in this mansion that's um, supposed to be like a huge site of slavery. And these dolls come after him that is very effective and then the third one is about this guy before i got rudely cut off i'm just kidding um before i got cut off i was talking about the third segment um which actually it's the fourth segment um which is about like basically this guy who's involved in a shootout and he kills some other african-american men And this woman is trying to make him realize his actions and repent. And in reality, um, he doesn't. And he dies. And the segment that I forgot, and I'm so mad that I forgot, is probably the most terrifying for me because I have a child. um, And that is this little kid Whose teacher keeps seeing marks. He keeps saying it's a monster. And then you find out the monster is actually his stepdad. And he somehow has powers th- through like the paper. You see that with this, like one of the kids that like mess with him and he crumples up the paper and then the kid gets like his arms bended back and stuff. It's crazy. Um, but yeah, I think it's so it's relevant um, the second and third one, they're all right. They're not as good as the first though. And, um, I will definitely say that, um, uh, I think Clarence Williams will forever be remembered for that. And Spike Lee doing the first one, I mean, you can definitely tell that that's Spike Lee's take on horror and I appreciate it's being added to nineties anthologies and, You know, we go from that to then Tales from the Dark Side, which is another one that's inspired off of a TV show because Tales from the Dark Side was a TV show. Well, it was, I think it was the movie before the TV show, or maybe it was the TV show before the movie. I think the TV show was first. Yeah. So Tales from the Dark Side, um, Debbie Harry is in the uh, wraparound. Yeah. Yeah. She is the um, the bad woman.
1: The cannibalistic witch. <laughs> yes.
0: Um, what's your favorite segment in Tales from the Dark Side? It's honestly hard to say. I think I'm going to go with the gargoyle one. Yeah. The gargoyle one has a soft spot for me because it's just so well done. And when you watch it and then it's like... She's like, you know, they're like, never tell. And then, you know, he gets his life together. He gets a, a wife and uh, kids and all these things together. And then finds out it was the gargoyle all along.
1: Yeah, that was a bit twisted.
0: Yeah. The second, the one, the cockroach one kind of. The no, cockroach one. I, I'm thinking of a different anthology. That's show. Yeah. Um the mummy one. That's what I was thinking of. The the one with Christian Slater. It had Christian Slater, um, Steve Buscemi, Juliana Moore, or is it Julie Julian or Jul?
1: She was in Carrie and Hunger Games.
0: Yeah, um, but she, like, that was so. Steve Buscemi, man, like, what can Steve Buscemi not do, like? He definitely gets you in that um, episode but the the wraparound story I think is the most effective because of you know the kid he's trying you know it's kind of like the Arabian um, nights you know to keep telling I don't know if you ever saw that growing up, but it was like a um, a mini series where this woman, she had to keep telling stories in order to keep her husband from killing her. It's kind of the same way. You know, he keeps trying to get stories told so um, Debbie Harry's character doesn't annihilate him. And um, he gets the upper hand in that. Debbie Harry was in another one, though. She was in. Um, my brain has really been off I completely forgot about the cat segment in uh, Tales from the Dark Side right it's very effective don't piss off cats I think that's the message with all of these anthologies
1: and it was going to be in Creepshow 2 originally but it they didn't have like the budget or something to include that one and another one so they gave it to it was written by
0: Stephen King oh wow I didn't know that Um, yeah, um, PSA, do not mess with cats. Cats are protectors. Even though they have attitudes, they still love us. So, Debbie Harry, though, as I was saying, not only is she, she in this one, but then she is also in body bags, which I had never seen body bags and you showed me for the first time. Body bags is a ride.
1: John Carpenter as, like, the coroner.
0: <laughs> I mean, the, like, formaldehyde martinis. I feel like he had, he had way too much fun in that segment. The kissing decapitated heads. Dude, <laughs> I completely forgot about that. Um, wow. John Carpenter. Wow. The one, se- my favorite segment out of that was the gas station one. Mm-hmm. I felt like that was, like, really, I thought it was going that way, but then they kind of threw me off the other way, and then it went that way, and poor lady.
1: And there was a Wes Craven cameo, and who yes. else was it? Was it Ted Raimi, or was it?
0: Yes. Okay. Yes, because he's the he's the actual, and Lizzie McGuire's, the dad from Lizzie McGuire is the bad guy in that segment. Oh how you have fallen! But um, that's that's just such a fun time. Um, I've never seen Two Evil Eyes. Have you?
1: Yes, and it's uh, Romero and Argento, and that's pretty cool because they're doing Edgar Allan Poe um, adaptations.
0: Um, I need to check that out. Then that's I'm right. not a big um. Argento fan. I mean, I could be, but I just haven't watched a lot. Like, I've only seen Suspiria. We are going to be doing a deep dive into Italian horror coming up soon, but I feel like I need to watch that now. So now that we're out of the 90s, we get probably the most prolific anthology of all, and it's by my dear loved one of a director, who also did Krampus, Michael Dordery. And he did Trick or Treat. I mean, what can we say about Trick or Treat?
1: It's just so well done. The way it ties together. It's perfect,
0: in my opinion. Top tier. We did that. So we did a poll. If you are not part of our HorrorCraft community on Instagram, um, hop on there. Um, We do a lot of different polls and a lot of different things. And the poll that we did is... Putting creep show up against Trick or Treat, and um, Trick or Treat won. Yeah. You were pretty surprised by that. I was. I wasn't. Just because of the fact that every year you go into Spirit Halloween, the number one thing that is merchandise in Spirit Halloween is Trick or Treat. Right. Um, but, I mean, Sam. Like, Sam is an icon, so... You kind of can't not love trick-or-treat for Sam. And the whole premise of trick-or-treat is about tradition, about rules. Right. Every death involves, like, you know, traditions not being upheld. Yeah, he's the enforcer and he's
1: just carrying out these punishments for people who don't listen.
0: I I very distinctly remember Charlie Brown's an asshole. <laughs> um sorry, that was uh, f- for those who don't know that's a part of Trick or Treat and that to me always I just like have that in the back of my mind. But Trick or Treat segments are solid. The one that I was talking about was the the, the Rhonda. Yep, Rhonda, right?
1: I think so.
0: Yeah, it's Rhonda. And she gets made fun of by those kids. And they're trying to play a prank on her. When really, they're the ones that get the prank play- played on them. In the end, really. There are obviously other segments. But the reason the Rhonda one sticks out to me is having a child who special needs. They talk very derogatory about Rhonda and like tricking her into doing that. And then they play this trick on her, absolutely terrifying her. And that's we learned about the kids that, you know, their parents got tired of taking care of them, them being special needs. And so they paid the bus driver to essentially kill them, like chain them up and dive the bus into the lake or quarry or whatever. And the kids go after the... Kids who are making fun of Rhonda, and in them, in a the moment, like you know, Rhonda's trying to help them, and then they're you know, they make fun of her again, and she's like, you know, she almost does like the jigsaw, the game over, and just like, psh, I'm leaving you guys, and they get their just desserts. And before having a child with special needs, I was like, dang, that's pretty dark. Now, having a child with special needs, watching that segment. I'm like, yep, I would have done the same thing. So, but what is your favorite segment out of all of the trick-or-treat ones? It's really hard to say. I do
1: like the werewolf girls. I feel like as a woman, it's very empowering because you have this asshole, Steve Wilkins. I think I said, yeah. He's like stalking these women and killing them. And you think he's going to pull an over on Lori, the like younger version. Played by Anna Paquin. Mm-hmm. And she ends up pulling one over on him and fucking him up after he is trying to murder her.
0: Yeah. I definitely... Um, I love the Rhonda segment. I love Steve Wilkins, the bad candy, like with the kid. And that's like a hoot. But um, for me, it's when... Um, the older man played by Brian Cox. I'm trying to think of his name right now. It's really- I think it's
1: Mr. Krieg. I don't know if I'm Yeah, saying Mr. It,
0: right? K- I, it's Mr. Krieg. And you know, he gets portrayed as this kind of like dickhead neighbor. And um he you find out that he's the bus driver from the previous segment with Rhonda. And Sam goes after him for not following the rules of Halloween. And uh, Sam kind of messes him up a lot. Like, he goes at him, and you think he's about to get killed by Sam, and then he gives him a piece of candy. Yeah, he stabs
1: him in the candies right there.
0: And then you think, okay, he's out of the woods, and then the kids come after him. And it's just his desserts. But you kind of see like that. And I think the wraparound story with Sam in general, like when he kills the girl in the beginning um, because she blew out the pumpkin. And then observing afterwards, like it's very true to his Michael Dory style. Like you see that kind of in Krampus, too, where Krampus is kind of the enforcer for Christmas. And these people are not listening to him. And observing the spirit, so Crimps goes after him. Same thing with Sam. And Sam as a horror icon, I think, is amazing. There's so much with Sam.
1: And it's all in the same neighborhood, so you kind of see them, kind of like, you know what I mean? You see the werewolf girls in a car, and the other kids that, um, I don't care, like with the bus kids, the mm-hmm. ones that trick Rhonda. Mm-hmm. They're all, you'll, you see them throughout. Yeah, right?
0: yeah, you do. Uh, And I think that's what makes it so effective. Um, But the telling. I've never seen the telling. You tell me about the telling. The telling is uh, with the girl next door, right? Holly Madison, right? Is that her name? Yes.
1: That one's a bit of a mess. But there is one segment I think worth watching. And it's a doll one. And this doll... Like, it gets randomly picked up by this man, and he's living with his girlfriend, and then he lets his ex-girlfriend come live with him, so it's already a mess. And this doll is, like, into him, and she's like, I'm getting rid of the competition here, and it's really creepy.
0: That's creepy. Um, wow. Way to go.
1: I think there's a vampire one, too. I can't remember the last
0: story, but... I don't know. I, I think I need to see this hot mess now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, um, yay Sam. <laughs> That's how we're going to end this segment. Yay, Sam. So now we're to the 2000s to now. And there has been a boom in anthologies. Anthologies have kind of made a huge comeback um, from 2010 to now. Like, we've got a lot. And a lot more even than we've put on our list. For sure. Um, So, but you get, like... I'm getting our list. You get VHS, VHS 2, All Hallows Eve 1 and 2, which is where you get the Terrifier character.
1: You got Art the Clown.
0: Art the Clown.
1: Definitely effective. Um, I'm glad that it spawned Terrifier because I enjoyed his character.
0: Yes. Shout out to Dread Central and Steve from Dread Central. Um, Tales of Halloween. That's a great one. We're going to circle back to that. ABCs of Death 1 and 2, The Mortuary Collection, which came out within the last year or so on Shudder, Holidays, XX, and Bad Candy just came out from Dread Central. Um, and that's the ones that we put on here. Like I said, there are so many more. Like we could literally spend one episode just listing all the ones that have come out um, recently. As I said, anthologies are making a comeback, um, but Tales of Halloween, you, we, we always do research for our episodes, um, and for this one, you showed me Tales of Halloween, Mm. and that is a fun ride.
1: Yeah, it's got, like, ten segments, I think.
0: Yes, it's got, it's chocked full of segments, um, yeah, they're just a lot of fun. And there are a lot of people like Phylissa Rose and um, Barry,
1: Barry Bostwick
0: Bostwick. Um, there're just so many. Uh, Adrian Barbeau. I mean, they just it's chock full of a ton. Um, the one that got me was the one segment with Barry Boswick where um, the kid, Gets convinced by his sister, I think, and her boyfriend to egg his house. And he is like, okay, I'll show you how to, you know, trick or treat. And he, like, goes on a spree. And then afterwards you find out it wasn't the little kid with him the whole time. It was like a demon. And the little kid gets, you know, put up for it. And it's like the ultimate prank. Oh. That was terrifying. What's your favorite segment from them?
1: I like, um, I think it's called Friday the 31st. It's got like kind of like a Jason character. Yes. And the tiny little alien that's like, twig-a-tweet, twig
0: tweet I
1: love that one. <laughs> and he gets his revenge. He has like a possessed Dorothy running after him. Yes. <laughs> and they're like chopping each other's limbs off. It's pretty great.
0: It's amazing. It's definitely one of my new favorites. For it, I mean, there are so many segments in that, and I think it's just like the one with the neighbors too that, got me. But they're like at war at each other. The one it's like wanting a more classic, the other one's wanting more campy, bloody Halloween, and they're like going after each other, and they end up killing each other. That was pretty. That was pretty bad
1: i think i like the lucky mckee one i think it's called ding dong and it has the hansel and gretel and then like the girl's the witch and she's trying to like capture a child yes
0: yeah and um her husband is like just trying to like keep her happy and it just doesn't happen poor guy but sorry (laughs) random notification Um, So, the other one we need to talk about that completely came out of nowhere was the Mortuary Collection. The Mortuary Collection is done by Shudder, and they knocked it out of the park. Definitely. Like, I was not expecting such a solid anthology. I mean, I should because Shudder is such a powerhouse, but that movie, I mean, just completely changed it was definitely a throwback to a lot of the really good anthologies and it has such a solid wraparound story.
1: Clancy Brown was amazing in it.
0: Yes and um the stories within it were terrifying too. The one that got me though is the wraparound story um because I thought something was off with the girl um the mortuary collection is sam is her name quote unquote and she's the wraparound story and they basically set it up like there's the serial killer out there and you think she's the babysitter but then you find out that she's not the babysitter and she's actually the killer and this fancy dinner that she's been preparing the whole time is the kid and it's absolutely horrifying Um, But then she ends up having to become the, like, the keeper of the mortuary. Um, But, yeah, I think it's super effective. So if you get a chance to check it out, it is on Shutter. So um, the Bad Candy that recently just came out from Dead Central, um, we both watched it. And it's got Corey Taylor of Slipknot and Zach Galligan from gremlins and um it's it's good it's not it's not like up there with creep show i would say but um i think it's a solid movie it's got some solid segments to it um there are some that aren't the greatest but overall i think it's a good addition to the anthology scene don't you yeah um do you have anything to add about these Two thousand ten booming ones, not really. Like um, did did we find out triple? No, double.
1: XX. I think it's all female directors, but I'm not sure.
0: We will find that out, but um, overall, what are your favorites from the genre?
1: Trick or treat, creep show, the Mortuary Collection. I think those are solid. Tales from the Dark Side.
0: Yeah. My favorite are um, Creepshow 1 and 2. Um, Body Bags is a new favorite of mine. Um, All Hallow... Not All Hallows Eve. Tales of Halloween. I like All Hallows Eve. I think that both of them are really effective. It's just the gore for me a little bit. I'm still getting my tolerance up there, you know what I mean. So like I've seen both of them and I've seen Terrifier and obviously when Terrifier 2 comes out, I will watch it. But um I'm just my reflexes aren't there yet. But um, I like tales of Halloween. Um trick or treat obviously is a classic like um saying you're not into trick or treat is saying you don't like kittens kind of in the horror community, like tales from the hood. I, I like tales from the hood. I've always liked it, but when I watched it, I just watched it last night. Um, I forgot how much I loved it and how effective it is. Um, and it made me super sad for the fact that Clarence Thomas, uh, Clarence Williams is dead. So, but, um, I also think tales from the dark side, um, is another favorite of mine. And honestly. Um, Trilogy of Terror. Kind of did it for me. Karen Black is is uh, solid. Very solid. Um, the fact that she did all those characters herself. I mean still. I'm just amazed. Um, so what are some viewer picks? Um. Shit. We had to Collect. Our thoughts today is not a good brain day. If you have ADHD, you understand. So, um, one of the picks is from Sean S. Right, mm-hmm. and that was Creep Show. Myrna also picked Creep Show, and then we asked our friend Nye at B Movie Madness badness. on Badness, B Movie Badness on YouTube. Which, if you are not subscribed to our channel, Please do so right away. And her pick was... Dark Stories. Dark Stories. Ooh, I've never heard of that before. Me neither. I need to go find that. Um, Bad Candy was a suggestion um, that came to me randomly on Instagram. Um, When I find who tagged it, I will post it on there. That was a brand new one. And then I had a couple people on Clubhouse... Tell me to review um, VHS, which I did not get a chance to do VHS. Um,
1: I like the succubus um, segment. She's like, I like you. I can't do it like <laughs> that. It's my favorite one. And I don't know if it's from VHS one or two. I think it's the first one.
0: Do we have any more picks? No. No. If you would like to be featured on the HorrorCraft podcast and you are a fan of us, or you're a fan of horror movies, please reach out to us and on Instagram when you see that we are filming an episode and let us know. Normally, we'll drop a line and ask you what you think. Um, so if you would like to be featured on our next episode, please let us know and we will put it in there. But anthologies um we will be coming back around to anthologies we will be talking about tv shows as there are many anthology tv shows and there will be many more anthology movies so obviously as this will be an ongoing topic and we will go from there but um anthologies what do you think about anthologies and horror
1: They're great, especially with someone that has ADD, because I have the attention span of a gnat.
0: I'm the same way. Um, I like the refresh of each one. Um, And I think that they are um, definitely good for the horror format, because I feel like being able to pump so many different ones into one classic collection is great. Um, And so... If you hear clashing and clanging in the background, that is my fiance who has OCD and is probably trying to clean every inch of our house. Way to go, Jim. Um, but we are going to wrap up this episode. And um, if you have any suggestions for future episodes, please reach out to us. You can DM us on Instagram or you can email me at cassandra.horrorcraft@gmail.com. at gmail.com. And you might be in the next episode. So I hope you all like this episode. And for now, it's me, Cassandra.
1: And Bubbles.
0: And this is the HorrorCraft Podcast. And we are out. Bye.